Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, I'm always trying to improve myself. Yeah? Just like I could flub that sentence one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? I didn't even notice. I did. Probably because my psyche is just so elevated. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) You just blew my mind. (laughs) Maybe you can elevate your psyche too when we drink this beer called... Elevated Psyche! (laughs) We saved it. We saved it. (laughs) People have been not asking for this, but this is going to be a really, dare I say, trippy beer? I think so. It's called Elevated Psyche. It's an extra special bitter. We'll get into what that is in a little bit. Uh, This is technically our first trip into South Carolina, Though it's a technicality because they are a collaboration with a, not local, but... Real quick, which do you think is more well-known between North and South Carolina? Do you think people think about North or South? I think I think it depends on if you are a Union or a Confederate fan. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Confederate uh, fans oh, are like South Carolina is oh, where it's boy. at. Confederate fans, you make it sound like they're a sports team. Well, <laughs> they do exist. There's flags it's, it's everywhere. It's a defunct nation. But it, yeah. it is. It is. All right. I that's, think that's it. I think that's where I got it, you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a collaboration between two breweries, one in Illinois, one in South Carolina. Specifically, we got Phase 3 Brewing and the 8th State Brewing, which that's right. South Carolina, the 8th State. Oh, is that what it was? I didn't realize it was the eighth state. I actually, I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Let me let me find that out. Okay, tell well, the people about this. Yeah, I'll this tell one. you about the beer, and then I'll tell you why that's a source of confusion for us when we get into something about the brewery. But we're drinking an extra special bitter in ESB here. Like I mentioned, 5.5 percent alcohol. I'm not going to blow you out of the water here. Yep. Elevated Psyche is an extra special collab with our friends at the Eighth State Brewing Company. It's a uniquely balanced brew with toffee-esque malt character, earthy, herbal, hop character. Um, there's a lot here about the specific hops, Golding, English Simpsons, Maris Otter, and Crystal Malts. Yeah, it, the last point here is explore the inner mechanisms of your taste buds and grab your 3D glasses to fully experience the art on this one. Leave your psyche open and your glass empty. Real quick, what was the last 3D movie you saw? I don't think I've ever seen a 3D movie. Really? Mm, I don't think so. Wow. Maybe I have, but... The last one I saw was when I went to the Shedd Aquarium and I saw one of those like 20-minute shark 3D movies. Oh, that sounds so cool. But the last movie I watched in 3D in the theater was the first Avatar. But Oh, that was 3D. Yeah, 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 yeah that was kind of the whole deal with that. We all smoked a bowl. Sorry, we did not. We went sober. <laughs> Mom and Dad. 2009. Thank you. Um, and also, by the way, South Carolina was the eighth state. In wow. The okay. Union, so. so let's get into this real yep. quick. Why was I confused for a second? And why was I questioning? Well, that? you were confused because um, a huge component of this beer is something called the eight circuit model of consciousness. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm still wrapping my head around this. You just told me about it. Uh, it's basically a 
holistic model presented as a psychological philosophy about different, uh, as they call it, circuits in the human consciousness. And Vince, I got to tell you, a lot of these don't make sense to me. So, <laughs> okay, so break it down. I think there's like there's something so right got, in the middle, right? So there's you got the first four, as they say, concern themselves with life on Earth, and the last four they say are post-terrestrial, and those concern themselves with the evolution of the human species, and they are all represented by altered states of consciousness. So you've got enlightenment mystical experience, psychedelic states of mind, and then even as far as the controversial psychic abilities realm. Oh, wow. I'm sure you've seen shows where people think that they have psychic abilities or they can they can talk to the dead, they're mediums. And um, basically the, the idea is that the human brain is like a computer and that there's multiple circuits that you can wire and tap into throughout your your life so it's very high theory right it's kind of tough to think about and understand how does this all apply they lay it out on their site as while there is a deep individual complexity to each stage every successive circuit is meant to represent a higher stage of evolution than the one before it right and i feel like that's what we should jump on as far as phase three over there um they're up in lake zurich and Probably the most important thing about Phase 3 Brewery is that they're the ones who sparked my love of fruited sours. Oh, there's your origin story? They're my origin story. And why don't we conclude the origin story of this can? Oh, all right. And crack it. Crack it open? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I wasn't sure where I was going, but we got there. That's okay. Cheers, Cheers, Vince. Tom. This is a longer one. We're going to get... We're gonna ding. What was the crack clock? It was over six minutes. Oh my one. god! <laughs> Holy! Crap. We'll make it a quick sip though. Oh, that's interesting. It smells a little like toffee. That's where the toffee is. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't know what I'm thinking about that Does one. Does it so feel far. like you're drinking empty coffee? Well, you wouldn't know. You've never had coffee. Well, that's not true. I've had coffee. You have. I just don't drink it now. Okay, so like you're familiar. Yeah, I know what the coffee like tastes full, like. This tastes, you know what, let's just call it what it is. This tastes like someone liquefied like mushrooms and they're like trying to get you to like, like ayahuasca. Not that I've tasted ayahuasca or drank mushrooms liquidly, but I imagine that that's what that tastes like when Aaron Rodgers goes to Peru and decides he's going to get traded to the Jets. That's probably what he's drinking. Jesus. Well, okay. For the folks at home, I'll give a quick little uh, jump here on what an ESB is. It's technically called an English-style pale ale, but it's known as an extra special bitter. And Tom, bonus points here. If you can tell me what we may have had on this show in the past that will be a similar representation of this. No, you know what? No bonus points for me. What is it? Oh, Boddington's... Oh, ale. Boddington's pub ale. Yeah. Okay. So that did come to mind, but this doesn't taste like a Boddington's to me. No, it it most certainly doesn't. Um, the general idea for this is that it's known more for its balance and its interplay between malt and hop bitterness. Right. Most of these guys are gonna have that herbal English variety hop character. That's where your tea is coming in there. Yeah. Um, and then some of that bitterness. 
the yeast strains used in these are supposed to lend a fruitiness to the aromatics and flavor and then residual malt and defining sweetness uh, of the richly flavored and and medium-bodied beer. So the weird part about this is even though it's called an extra special bitter, there is almost no bitterness to the taste. You don't think so? I don't find it to be bitter at all. In fact, I... I find a lot of IPAs that we do to be way more bitter than this. Well, that's what's interesting, too, about this is that I think a bitter is classic British slang for a pale ale. I can't imagine what they define as <laughs> as not bitter, then. Right. I, and I think it you go farther back, and it probably was bitterer than some of the lagers yeah. that you had that were light. But you talked about it earlier. Let's get into some funk you talking like trippy psychedelic shit? Yeah. Yeah, well, can I just say it as a starting point? You know, we've come quite a long way in the social acceptance of psychedelics. Have we? I would say so. Okay. You know, I feel like when we grew up, it was, you know, on the shit list of anti-drug education. If you do LSD, you know, you're a loser, you're an idiot, and... Now there's been a lot more, like I said, social acceptance of at least like experimenting with it in a productive way. Now I'm not going to condone it one way or another, but I do find it culturally interesting. And I also think that regardless of your intake or non-intake of drugs, we as a, as a human society have been fascinated by expanding our minds beyond our own capabilities and seeing visual representations of that. For example, uh, The Dark Side of the Moon, I would say, is one of the most popular psychedelic rock albums ever made. And what is psychedelic rock specifically? It's like, um, essentially, it's a combination of like jam band rock and like using synthesizer effects to create, you know, uh, an, an astral projected mood, like mood, you know. Yeah, okay. Pink Floyd was one of the pioneers of this genre, but there's been a lot of bands that have done it. And I would say right now, even psychedelic rock is, is having a bit of a come up with Tame Impala and uh, Little Yachty just released a psychedelic rock album out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> um, but just the general idea of like tripping and moving beyond your own like human existence in a physical and mental way has been a big deal of late. Okay, so... In popular culture, what are uh, maybe the most famous or the most important trips? So the biggest one for me is The Wizard of Oz. Oh, interesting. Because not only do you have the first use of Technicolor in a film, literally like a transformation of colors and psychedelic imagery, Mm -hmm. um, but weirdly enough, connecting to the dark side of the moon, there's a lot of people that see a tangential connection between the tracks on that album and the scenes that in the movie, if you play the album three times all the way through, it kind of aligns cosmically with what happens in the movie. Yeah. So that's a big one. Another big one, I would say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Pretty dark, fucked up kids movie, but there's a lot of trippy elements that happen in that. Um, he's also like a mysterious, like weird dude. He's a recluse. Yeah, Johnny Depp should have played that right away. Well, he did end up playing him. Later. I know, but right away, like they should have. <laughs> if just, he was they, alive in the seventies, they should have figured out a way to yeah. sprout a Johnny Depp. And then um, Gene Wilder's too charming. 
The other one I would say, um, I don't, and I don't know if you've seen this movie, but Donnie Darko. Yeah, holy shit. That's you got any weird. Donnie Darko takes? It was one of the most engrossing, thrilling, and mind-bending plane rides I've ever had. Oh, you watched it on a plane. Yeah. That's just, terrifying. A little bit. <laughs> Given the, a little bit. the key role a plane takes in that yeah. film. Yeah. Okay, so, but what about, this is interesting because you went, rightfully so, you went to some movies that really experienced that and bring you to that nether world, if you will. I thought you were going to say, tell me some sort of story about Jimi Hendrix. I'll be perfectly honest. Well, I see, I could, I could go that route, but... I know almost too much about him. I don't want to like bore the listeners to death. Having said that, he is probably like the godfather of psychedelic rock. It's kind of like the evolution of blues and rock and roll, but with elements of that. And Purple Haze, which is like maybe the most famous stoner song ever. You know, unfortunately, his run was not really that long. So like we don't have a ton of things to pull from that. I think you could argue that Woodstock in general yeah. was the beginning of psychedelic pop culture. So as I continue to drink this, it goes down pretty smooth. Like this is a fairly crushable beer. Yeah, I feel like I'm easing into it. At yeah. first I wasn't really digging it. Well, it's it's interesting because we're having this conversation that is generally meant to relax you. Like, have you ever met anybody who is uptight while discussing psychedelics in altered states? It's almost impossible. No. I assume there's like... Usually the most relaxed, almost relaxed to a fault, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that, that checks out. But yeah. what's interesting to me is how we have like how something so primal that we've done for years as like a religious experience as a species like this has been a huge part of our culture got demonized before it was really able to be researched right you think about lsd and you think about all these like yes sure that's lab created but this stuff exists and has been taken without deathly effect yeah. for the most part. Yep, and I don't want to get out of our depth in terms of science or, or historical knowledge, but I, I think just at a very broad level, there were a lot of things that we were taught about drugs and drug usage that in hindsight maybe weren't exactly what we were meant to hear or were true necessarily. Well, to your point earlier, we are coming around on it in that you know we're starting to use these drugs for treatment of mental illness, right? Of disorders, right? Across the board of PTSD. Yeah, and like, not that this is a weed-themed beer, but like, we've talked about in recent shows and at our live show, like, the complete 180 perception of marijuana compared to when we were growing up. It's always been about drug abuse, yeah. right? And it's always going to be abuse. But I think when abuse starts to overshadow the good that a drug can do, you get into trouble. Because I saw the most amazing video, and I don't know how real it is, but it's a man with severe Parkinson's, literally cannot stay still. He's shaking like crazy. He's tensed up. And he smokes uh, his medical marijuana for the first time. And 30 minutes later, he's relaxed. He's speaking. He has control of his yeah. motor functions it's pretty spectacular to watch and again i don't know how real that is but like that's the kind of thing that you lose when you demonize everything with no wiggle room right yeah 
you know, you would think this is an episode of Joe Rogan, not Friday Night Beer. So why don't we, <laughs> why don't we transition this into the glass? I'll transition it into the glass. I want to get Ooh. back to Donnie Darko with you because I can't tell if you enjoyed or didn't enjoy this movie more because you were on a plane. <laughs> no, I, I can't tell if I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. I spent a majority of it going, what the heck is going on? Was it just a one-time watch for you? You haven't revisited it? Yeah, I haven't. I don't really feel I've watched need. it like 10 times. So, so you're, you're deep into it. I pretty much got a, a lot of understanding of it. But even uh, last time I watched it, I picked up on some stuff that I didn't before. Okay, like what? When I first watched the movie, I didn't know what it was about. So like the whole time travel element... Was kind of I forgot was kind of lost on me. I thought that he was just losing his mind, yeah, um, and that he was a psychopath. But it took me about four watches to figure out that the old woman Roberta was probably the like one who started all this. The premise of the movie is that they're all implicitly trying to get out of the time loop. They're like rooting for Donnie Darko to succeed and kill himself so that they can move on, but. It takes a while to pick up on that at first. Also, just a side note, Seth Rogen's in this movie as yeah, a bully. that's right. And it's just really weird to see him as like the 15th character who has like two lines. And he doesn't really look like Seth Rogen does now. It's, it's wild, but crazy movie. Okay. So yeah, it, it is a crazy movie and it is, it's wild. So as we start thinking about different points in pop culture that have been impacted by psychedelic experiences i would like to talk about hunter s thompson great choice i was gonna bring up fear and loathing in las vegas too have you seen that one i i read it you read the book yeah okay. so i've only seen the, movie. the rum diaries i saw the rum diaries <laughs> i didn't read the books but for those of you yeah. who don't know hunter s thompson is a I think one of probably one of the great American writers at this point, right? Yeah, uh, I believe he's described as a gonzo journalist. Yes, where and he's basically like he puts himself through bodily harm for the sake of his art. Every novel that he has is very loosely based off of some wild experience that he has, and like in both novels, it's basically this guy who is on a deadline, running out of money, potentially. A full-on drug addict. Potentially. I would say absolutely. <laughs> like, just getting into trouble, getting himself out of it, and somehow still delivering a super interesting piece of journalism for his boss. Yeah. That's the general take. And it is one of the most fascinating reads I've ever... Both of them. I can't imagine what it's like watching the films. And I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you brought up Johnny Depp earlier... Johnny Depp has idolized this guy so much that you could argue it ruined his life. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you not know about this? Uh-huh. I mean, not only was he in Fear and Loathing and The Rum Diaries, he loved Hunter S. Thompson so much that when he died, he shot his ashes out of a cannon at his funeral, and it cost him $5 million to do that. What? Yes. This is one of the reasons why he was Johnny Depp, as you and I coined him. Yeah, Yeah, Johnny Depp. He was so obsessed with Hunter S. Thompson. Like, he he pretty much tried to become, like, a version of him. Yeah. Not only in playing him in in his films, but, like, just acting like a fucking weirdo and 
getting out there and doing crazy shit. So talk to me about this. Who are your top, we can go historical figures, you can go current popular culture figures. You're tripping. Who do you want to trip with? I think just out of respect, I'd have to include Jimi Hendrix in this group. Sure. Just so I could see what that was like. Um, and I think you, you need someone to kind of guide you, right? You need someone yeah. to be sober and help you out. Who's like a nice calming presence that would really be helpful for that? Julian Maybe Bruce. Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, Mr. Ro- I don't know if he would be okay with it, but he. But Mr. Rogers. In this scenario, he's just gonna like go along with it. Okay, yeah. so you're gonna have your Sherpa. Your Sherpa is Mr. Rogers. Yes, you're going Julie Andrews. I'm gonna go Julie Andrews. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I feel like she would do a nice job. Okay, and I got Jimi Hendrix on my squad. Who's your first? Woody pick? Harrelson. Great pick. Absolutely. Really good pick. I feel like he's just a calm presence throughout. Who's like, oh, hey, do you guys see this? Definitely done plenty of that. Let's see. I want to go historical figures that would be shocking. I feel like JFK would be a fun time. He'd probably say some shit that he shouldn't. I feel like JFK tripping is kind of <laughs> like he's just straight up. We bluffed the Bay of Pigs. It's all made up. Nothing of it happened. Come on. Just admit you'd ask him who he hooked up with. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll go even older than that. I'm going to go with Rasputin for my team. Oh, that's a good one. And I'm assuming that he will speak English for me, but. Well, you'll just be able to understand him. How about right. that? I could see myself enjoying uh, tripping with the dragon from Mulan. Oh, okay. What's so his we're, name? We're going. You talking Eddie Murphy's character, yeah, yeah, Mushu? Yeah. Mushu, yes. The this guy's got him scared to death. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he would freak out, and it would be very funny. Okay, yeah. If we're going like fantasy creatures, why not do everything? How about Shrek? I mean, oh man, he would be such a downer. No, no, I you think it'd think? be fun. I think he's got a lot of repressed emotions that would just come out. He's the guy who would be like get, sobbing. Get out of my swamp. <laughs> I want people in my swamp. <laughs> For, what, would it, what would his big discovery be? <laughs> oh my God. Have you listened to all of Astro Lounge? <laughs> That's all this, the, I can't even that's do it. I can't even do it. Was the, like all this time. <laughs> I would love to see, if I was tripping, can you imagine seeing Shrek do All-Star on karaoke? That would be pretty wild. That would be too much. Well, okay, what about Garth and, um, Jesus, what are the... Wayne's World. Yeah, Garth and Wayne. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, I think they'd be a good time. I don't know if they'd be like my one of my top five picks, but I'm not going to complain about that. Okay, I'll go one more. And I'll say like, so it's it's a little different, right? You'd yeah. love to, there's plenty of people that you'd love to, I think, take a toke with. This is pretty wild. You don't want any murderers. You don't want Genghis Khan in there. No, right? no, You don't no. want Napoleon. Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. Right, Napoleon basically going to see himself in the mirror and like think that he's teeny tiny and everybody's right. talking about him. What about like a, like a Franz Ferdinand? The band or the dead, the dead French the Archduke? Dead, the dead Archduke. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know anything about him, so I don't know. I know what that's we would why really I feel about. like it would be interesting. You just want to ask him some questions. I, what I'd like to do is I'd like for him to come back after he's been shot, and I'd just like to have him dissect the experience. And I feel like it'd be rude if we weren't tripping. Like imagine, yeah. imagine you come back and you're like, "Holy crap, I'm alive!" And you're in a lab, and I'm basically sitting here going, "What was it like? What was it like to die?" 
Like, how was it? Did you see it coming? You could do it with this with anybody. Is it, I know, but for some reason, he hits the spot. I'd like, to, and I feel like he wouldn't be open to it unless yeah. there was something in it for him. You know, if we're gonna do that, then you might as well just go to like some of the more more famous dead people and just be like Jimmy Hoffa. What what happened, bro? What what was really going down there? I want him to be sober for that. I don't want him off in La So you're you're presenting a scenario where these people come back to life and then we give them and, acid. Yes, yes. And then they have to explain what happened after they died? Well, no, no, no not all. That's pretty fucking nuts. That's what I want to do for Franz for Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> that's it. Him alone because I don't want to be rude about it. But the other people it. you want to be I, sober. What are, yeah. Well, no. I mean Jimmy Hoffa, I want to be sober because I want to know everything that happened. Like yeah. I feel like I need to mellow up. Yeah. And maybe a beer is better for Franz Ferdinand. I don't right. know. Yeah, I mean, you you just opened up a whole other can of, of worms that we could really get into, but... Yeah, I'd like to know more. I bet, Franz, tell me more about yourself. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what? Do you know why you're famous to us? I would for just getting killed. I would just play him, take me out once, and then kill him. Oh <laughs> my god! This band is named after you. So if you're lonely, how would Mark Twain be? Oh, I think he'd be a blast. Because he's he's kind of fucking nuts anyway. I feel like I feel like we would lose a lot of respect for Mark Twain if he were that that into it. it I could ask him a lot of Missouri questions, but also I could inform him of stuff that's happened in Missouri. I feel like we'd, since he'd passed, we'd hear some like super not okay thoughts about women. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, that, well that's why we're not going to have Genghis Khan on. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Coming up on Friday Night Beers, we've got Genghis Khan tripping on shrooms. Oh. <laughs> Vince, uh, I don't even know how we ended up here, but here we are. It's it time was to, the extra special better. It's time to rate this beer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a first crack at it. I gotta be honest, I didn't like this uh, at first. I was pretty underwhelmed. And it has grown on me more and more. I don't know if I'm in an elevated state or not, but I'm going to give this a 3.5 out of 5 toms. This went from a 2.5 and a, to a 3.5 in 20 minutes, which yeah, I it really can't did. say I've ever done. I, I was thinking 3.5 too. I didn't think you'd go that high, truthfully. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crushable beer. Like we said, it kind of starts off like, yeah, I think you put it right. It's almost, there's that herbal flavor of that tea like empty coffee a little bit which is the toffee flavor too and i didn't mention it but it's definitely opens up a lot in the glass i thought yeah the taste profile is considerably larger i agree you gotta get this thing out as quickly as you can i would give it a shot if i were you well if you enjoyed this slightly incoherent episode of friday night beers and you want to check out some more stuff that we're doing give us a follow on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts uh, follow us on social media as well. We're on Instagram. We're on Threads, Twitter. That's it. Yeah, we're on Threads and Twitter. That's it. I don't know where else. Uh, where else do you I, want us to be? I would, I would go so far as to call this an elevated episode. And I would say that this will improve your psyche. But until then, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans. Must trip. We'll Ooh, s- sorry. We'll see you in the never world. Yeah. Never, never land. <laughs> Peter Pan, that would be Peter, a good one. Oh, yeah. Should have mentioned that what were you 20 thinking? minutes like, ago. What were you thinking? I don't know.
What were you thinking? You're a kid forever? I was just, my mind was a fugazi. It was a fugazi. It was a wazzy. Woo!